Hi, and welcome to Thinking Out Loud. This is Mariana. And Elizabeth. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. You can hear Noah walking out the door right now. Oh, he just left. Oh. <laughs> we could have convinced him to be our co-host. I know. That would have been fun. Yeah. The dogs are fun when we hear them, but, you know, it's a different kind to have a, a person. Yes. Someone who can actually respond to you with words. <laughs> right. That <laughs> has actually some opinion. On, well, I bet Tag has opinions on books and well, things. And I, I promise our dogs sometimes are talking. <laughs> are we at two very, actually, pretty vocal dogs? So I don't know about Collies, but German Shepherds are, I guess, our vocal breed, they call them. Oh, like Collies are vocal. Yeah, I thought so, because I've heard Tag sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're lucky he's he keeps his opinions to himself most days. <laughs> but does he get in ruts where he's just, like, complaining? Yes. Like, so, yeah. grumbly or sometimes, like, these little singing conversations. Did you want to demonstrate? No, I'm not going <laughs> to. You can. You're welcome, too. Thanks. No, yeah. Um, that's not in my talent repertoire. <laughs> so Great Danes are, too, apparently. And uh, we'll link because, we, you know what? We haven't had a good link to a dog video in a while. Mm -hmm. Why not? But I'll link to some Great Dane videos. One is of two Great Danes, and the dad is loving on one but not loving on the other. And Waylon definitely does this to Willie. He will not let Sam pet Willie and not pet him at the same time. And That's he just, cute. yeah, he wiggles his way into getting the love. And then there's another one of a Great Dane puppy who the parents are trying to get him up and off the bed. And he's, he sounds like a teenager. It's so funny. And Waylon does that as well. Like, if he gets on the bed and you want to go to bed and you're, he's in your spot laying on your pillow, uh -huh. he's not particularly interested in the fact that you want to go to sleep. <laughs> awesome. We call him Grumpy Dog at that point. But he really does, like, uh, yowl almost. I was trying to think of a good word of it. It's not straight out barking. It's just whining. Yeah, it's... The same here. Tag, who will, like, um, he, can you hear him drinking water now? Oh, yeah, I um, can. <laughs> um, he will, like, go into barking after a while. But it starts out, it's it's not even, it's not howling either. Because he doesn't howl. Right. In the sense of other dogs howling. Um, but it, I really, I call it singing. And I just, like, um, Googled it and... I see a bunch of links that I can I can send to you to put in the show notes, but yes. I don't want to click on them right now because yes, then we'll hear all playing. the collies singing in the background. <laughs> well, uh, so what does the word yowl mean? Could that be what we're talking about? I feel like yowling implies distress. Oh. Like, oh, yeah, like those terrible rescue videos yeah, of dogs. Yeah. Like, we're not going to link to those. At no. this point in my pregnancy, those make me cry. Even mm. when they get rescued at the end. Yeah. No, yeah, if you look up the word yowl on Google, their little Google card um, definition says a loud wailing cry, especially one of pain or distress. Okay, so, so yowl, not is not, yowl is not what 
tag does because it's usually it's full of joy and happiness. Like if he's being scratched just the right way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so singing. Yeah. Yes, it's definitely singing. Ah, yeah. So it's really funny, too. Also, when our dogs wrestle each other, they just talk back and forth to each other. It's so funny. That's cute. Yeah, we only have the one, so he, his only, his other communication with animals in our house, because we have the two cats. Oh, yeah. Is, like, grumbling and growling. <laughs> and and oh. that, apparently. Hey, <laughs> you're going to interrupt my podcast this morning, buddy. He says, but you're talking about me. I can tell you're talking <laughs> about me. And I wanted to say something about that. <laughs> this is the weirdest morning. It's not usually this bumpy. Well, he's hoping that you scratch him in just that right place, like you were talking about. I guess. Well, anyways. So, I think I'm going to jump right into the what we're reading part, because I really want to talk about the fact that I just yes! finished reading finish Big Magic, and it was great. There are lots of post-it notes sticking out of that book right now. Let's do it. Yeah. No, it was really good. Um, there's lots of, like, she has a section. She has sections on, like, inspiration and permission and trust and um, persistence. And, and it's just, like, full of good, good stuff. <laughs> so how long did it last? A day? No. It was a couple of days. I'm like, thinking, <laughs> when did I finish that other book and start it? I feel like I started it on Tuesday. Maybe before then. Oh, Goodreads would tell me. <laughs> and I'll confess, I have not done any reading almost this week. Isn't I'm terrible? sure you haven't. You've kind of been like underwater, literally. Yeah, well, not us, but it's been a little crazy over here. Yeah. <laughs> Needless to say. And also, so we haven't had our water. And so, you know, I'm a big bathtub reader. And so every night, that's kind of how I end my day. And when you can't take a bath, you kind of are like, oh, when do other people read? <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yes, it's, uh, you know, for our listeners, I'm over here in Columbia, South Carolina, and you've probably heard about us on the news it's been a little crazy, um, what we're going through here. Yeah, I bet. <clears throat> yeah, so they say that uh, they, that likelihood that this would have happened, the amount of rain that we got, um, it's one in a thousand years, or one in a thousand chances, that the rain that came through and hit would have hit at the same time. So we thought initially this was from... Hurricane uh, Joaquin, but it actually wasn't. It was the low pressure system that moved in in conjunction and kind of kept Joaquin at bay, which was good because we didn't have the wind of the hurricane coming in. Right. But we had this low pressure sogginess. So we it was raining on Saturday, but it was kind of a typical rain. And uh, Sam and I were joking about, you know, Oh, this is all a big deal. They're saying they they were saying twenty inches of rain. No way. Then we woke up on Sunday morning and we're like, oh wait, <laughs> yeah, it was just a steady rain. Um, the our grocery store and 
like the Moe's that we take the kids to, we're underwater. It's insane. Yeah. Our vet's office that we take Willie and Waylon is still underwater. There's just nowhere for the water to go yet. So it's devastating for sure. We were very lucky we lost water. We took some water in on our yard, but nothing in our house. So, mm. but it's been, it's, it's kind of a surreal experience here. I believe it. Yeah. That's just, I mean, the pictures were insane. Yeah. And I, you know, you guys are underwater and we have like no the water. worst drought ever. Yeah. I'm like, this is just not right. Everything's out of balance. Yes, and we were actually we were in a drought at that uh, when we before we're not. <laughs> I think we sustained like all of the rain that we a third to a half of the amount of rain that we get in a year in two days. Wow, but the hard part is that like that doesn't actually help a drought that much because like, I mean the ground will get saturated, but most of it ends up running off. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, so the same thing, and um, so our water system is kind of compromised now. We have mm-hmm. water back, but we have to boil it, and there's, one of the problems was that the water treatment plant went underwater, mm-hmm. <laughs> so obviously it is going to take a while for that to get worked out, but also our source of water, the canal, uh, sustained some pretty serious damage. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have the wind and the rain. We had the waters coming in, and then the waters would wash away stuff. And then that debris gets stuck in the water and causes clogs and damage as it kind of rushes, you know, dumpsters, cars, those kinds of things. Yep. All kinds of germs and stuff gets in there. Exactly. Yeah, so we were talking before the show, listeners, that... um, we were talking about our animals, and I was saying how our dogs have been out of sorts because they could feel that something was going on. So this is an interesting concept. So it's made me think of, obviously, Sam, if you don't know, is a big um, survival gear <laughs> guy. So he was, like, in his zone. He was like, yeah, yeah, we've got what we need. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do that. He's got the MREs. All he's right, got yeah. the bottled water. He's got, Yeah. Yeah, so, not that, uh, don't get me wrong, he wasn't excited that we were in this position. He was just like, okay, this is our training. This right. is a test for us. I'm like, okay. For the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yes, exactly, right? So, then I started thinking about some books that I had that talked about natural disasters and how that was portrayed in the book and if it was similar or if it was different. So, I didn't know if you had any take on I don't know, on, on manuscripts that you've seen that have had disasters or kind of end-of-the-world stuff or how you think that genre kind of works? Um, I think sometimes people get it right, but then, like, there's... You have to go through a disaster to really know, like, what the little things are that all of a sudden you don't have access to anymore. You know, so like, I mean, when we lived in Connecticut, we had the power would go out when there was a big snowstorm or like we had a couple hurricanes go through there, you know, and the power would go out for us, for me, for a week at a time. So like, and because like 
we lived on a well, then like we didn't have any water either because so I didn't have any power. I didn't have any water for a week at a time. And that's all well and good. Right. But like still the the infrastructure still holds. Right. So I have roads that I can drive on to get to places that have generators and power up my cell phone and still have access to the Internet. So like, you know, I'm in a disaster, but it's not a disaster. Right. Because I'm still connected. Whereas, like, some, you know, in some of these stories, like, you have to, like, imagine what it would be like to be completely cut off. And that's the thing. um, That's the thing that happens is that, you know, you have to decide... I think some in some senses you create like Margaret Atwood or Barbara Kingsolver, like you create another world mm-hmm. that's all you know an alternate universe. In some way, in some books, you create not an alternate, but you create an altered one. Right. And so that's much different. And I think the altered one is maybe more difficult. Yeah, you should read some uh, Kim Stanley Robinson because. I think he has a book, Wild California. Is that what that is? Um, I'm looking it up on my Goodreads because I was reading it for a while. Um, That's funny. I'm oh, The not- Wild Shore is what it's called. Okay, The Wild Shore? Something yeah, like The that. Wild Shore. And it's about like a post... It's I think it's post-apocalyptic. Some kind of dystopian e type book that really he really goes into detail about how people are um surviving after they've lost everything like including the ability to communicate outside of their own small zones so yeah it's really interesting well and i think that is interesting and uh i I feel like we've talked about this book before have we yeah, Maybe well, you probably. Were reading it? Yeah, I think I started reading it in May of 2014, and then I—it's one of those that got put aside for a while. Hmm. It's on my Kindle. It's easy to put things aside that are on my Kindle. Guess it is. They're not staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm uh trying to find. See, you were on your Goodreads. I'm on my Goodreads too, trying to find that. <laughs> this is why we use Goodreads and why I think eventually it really I, is. I convinced Elizabeth to actually have Goodreads because this is why it's good. It's like, what's that book that I read that one right, time? Exactly. You can keep track. That... <laughs> hmm. yeah. But I read one that was about a family and they had not rain, but they had snow. Interesting. Yeah, and it was a young adult novel. And they were right at, you know, they had um, long lines at the gas station. So some of the infrastructure was still there, but some of it wasn't. Um, But they started getting sick and that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. similar, actually, to what we've gone through here in that we had, well, we, I guess after 48 hours, we were able to get to stores Kind of. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that they had limited time open. And, um, but, and higher prices for sure. Right. Higher prices. And then, like, some of the stuff is still not there, right? Like the cold 
stuff. You can't really get cold stuff if nobody has power. Right. Uh, and you can't get, you know, you can't go pick up a drink or anything because nobody's using the water. So it's this kind of weird thing because restaurants are starting to open back up, but they have to have this all, you know, altered sense of operating too. So right. or shipments haven't come in, so they have a limited menu or, you know, so you're just like, wow, this is, how long is this going to last? And Sam was <laughs> even talking about with some of his friends, like brushing your teeth with bottled water. You know, what if this is the rest of my kid's life that we have to do this with water for, like, years? <laughs> you know, we could. Who knows? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, what do I know about, you know, the disaster cleanup process for you guys? But, like, I think I think that the U.S. will get it back under control pretty quick because we're lucky in that we have resources to throw at that kind of thing. Um, but if you think about like other areas of the world where that's just how life is, we're pretty lucky. Oh yeah. Well, and that's what they're saying though, is that there's significant damage to the infrastructure. So Mm -hmm. like, uh, the water that was coming in to give people water here was like 65 million gallons a day, I think. And now Mm -hmm. we're only receiving 5 million gallons a day. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty significant drop. And they're hoping by the end of today to get it up to, um, like 20, you know, so incrementally, yes, it's getting better, but like, can you hear the helicopter going? Yeah, I'd heard that. Yeah. So we have, you know, military grade helicopters just flying over our city all the time now. (laughs) And you're like, Oh, a couple of days ago, this would seem odd to me, but it's like, oh, it's time for the flyover. Um, Isn't that so funny? Crazy. Well, maybe this will um, flavor your writing for a while. Well, that's what I was thinking. So how does that, you know, how does that impact? And then I was also thinking about our dogs and how they gave us signals like something's not right, something's not right. And what a good use, I say use, but if you're going to include pets and animals in your writing, you really have to have them do the things that animals do too. So if there's a right. if there's a natural disaster coming and you have no clue in your writing, but your character has pets in the house, well, that's probably not accurate. <laughs> yep, because they probably have start doing something weird. Exactly. So you you have to take note of these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, and that's what we say all the time, isn't it? Write what you know. So if it's something that you've experienced or you've walked, I think you can also extend it to something that you've walked through with a friend. Yeah. Then, you know, use some of those details in some way. But Well, and yeah, and I think, I think write what you know comes with a caveat in that, like, you know, like, Sometimes you don't know something, but there's plenty of ways to go out and research it. And so even if you can't experience something firsthand, you can talk to people who have and get those firsthand accounts from somebody else. Um, Or you can look things up on the internet and learn um, a lot to be able to add the level of detail. Hey, I'm talking here. (laughs) To be able to add the level of, he's mad because of the cat. Anyways, to be able to add the level of detail that you would need to make it feel more real. Yeah. 
and, and to make it feel more accurate, you know, because what's going to happen is if you write a book that's about an altered universe or a natural disaster or something, and someone's actually gone through a situation that's similar, you're going to lose your credibility as an author if that's not accurate. You know, right. not that every, you know, this is, people were comparing this to Hurricane Hugo. It wasn't exactly like Hurricane Hugo because we didn't have the winds, but right. there's, com, you know, there's comparison that happens. Well, waiting in line for water, um, you know, visiting shelters, those kinds of things are standard things that happen in a natural disaster. So you have to mm -hmm. include those details to make it a real, um, to make it real to your readers. Yeah, so it's just a matter of like paying attention to um, each of the situations that you have occurring and taking the time to say, oh, so in this situation, what would happen here? And like really like going beyond the surface level of it, like really settling into what is the feeling, what are the the details that um, that I might be missing and and being willing to reach out beyond your own experience. And being willing to write the interaction between animals that annoy each other. Seriously. He's such a grouch. The cat is drinking water at his bowl right now. And oh, he's, and he's like, no, that's my bowl. But, I mean, they share a bowl, so, like, you have to get <laughs> over it. I mean, they have two bowls. There's one in the other, in the back of the house. He just doesn't really want the cat drinking water right now. Right. She's too close to him. She's inside his bubble, and she's, like, ten feet away from him. So, I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Tag. Yeah, but I think this is this is interesting, because I do think that even as <clears throat> as writers, when we get to the point that we're actually writing, to stop and do research feels like an imposition, or feels like you're going to lose your flow, but it's worth it to stop and do your research, you know? I mean, I just did that this morning, right? So, like, I'm writing a scene for my novel. It's an, a new scene. Um, and and most of it is light and funny. They, like, have a wrestling match in the straw, and, like, people are throwing straw everywhere and having a good old time. But then, like, there's a, a falconer term that I needed to add. And... I, like, wrote something down really quick, and I was like, okay, that's what it is. And then I was like, wait, that, hey. Oh, my gosh. I was <laughs> like, wait, that, that might not be right. There might actually be a name for this. And so I did a quick Google search, and, in fact, there was. And I was like, well, I'm glad I looked that up because I would get. Hammered. Yeah. I would get trolled probably is what happens. Don't feed the trolls, people. Like, do your research. Yeah. So that the trolls don't have anything ridiculous to say about what you're writing. Sorry, listeners, about my dog today. Usually he's very quiet. Yeah, like, we don't ever get to hear him. If you go back through and listen to our archived episodes, he's, he doesn't usually make this much noise. I don't know what his deal is this morning. You know, maybe it's going to rain there. <laughs> maybe this is I mean, your indication he's trying to give you some heads up of what's going on. <laughs> it rained a couple of days ago, so um, we had actually a really spectacular thunderstorm a few days ago, which we don't usually get here. So, like, we all jumped in the car and drove out to, like, the cornfield so that we could see the storm rolling in. Oh, that's good. 
It was cool. Well, and so here's the other thing that happened kind of in the wake of everything. After the rain came, what what they were trying to say is they were trying to tell people to stay in their houses. Stay in your house is, was the message that we kept getting. But people wanted to go out and sightsee. You know, they're yeah. seeing these images of their neighborhood, and then suddenly they're like, no, I've got to go see if that is really underwater. And then yeah. they would go, they would drive their cars and get themselves into trouble. Yeah. Um, you should, if you want a good, um, funny read about hurricane disaster, read Stormy Weather by Carl Hyacin. Um, oh, I love him. It was a really good book, and he kind of takes a jab at the storm rubberneckers. I forget what he... He probably has, like, some kind of term for them. The ones that, like... The thrill-seekers that, like, come running in to take pictures of all the disasters right after Or, like, you guys going out in a thunderstorm. (laughs) No, that's different. Okay. How is that that different? Well, because, like, there's a storm chaser that's, like, looking at the lightning and the tornado, and then there's the people that come in to take pictures of the aftermath and that aren't, like, concerned with helping people recover from it um, that are only concerned with ogling what has happened. Okay, fair enough. But, I mean, I'm just saying it's a thin line. If you're already getting (laughs) in the car, you you could jump over that line unintentionally. It's possible, although if we were, you know, if lightning had struck the barn that we were next to, we probably would have got out to help the people put out the fire. We wouldn't have just taken pictures on our cell phones and posted it on Instagram. So. Yeah, and that's one of the things. So we were rerouted. I was rerouted yesterday because part of our roads are still closed. And the reroute took us directly through a neighborhood that was just devastated. And you are, you're going really slow because the traffic is twice as much and also you have all the cars that are helping with cleanup and that kind of thing but you see whole houses that are now on the curb you know Mm -hmm. and it's devastating and I get the instinct like you want to take a picture because you want to be like look what I saw like participate in what I saw but at the same time for me at least it seemed really disrespectful to those people to just be like, oh my gosh, look at your whole life on the side of the road and let, let me, me take, take a, a picture, picture of that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But it's it's a it's a human instinct, I think, to try to comprehend and process what you're experiencing, albeit indirectly, with people that you don't know, but they are kind of your neighbors, you know. Yeah. These are the people that go to the same restaurants that you do. <laughs> right, the same grocery store, probably. Exactly. Have you seen them before? You know, all of this to, kind of goes in there. And I think that can be a powerful part to writing about these altered universes or altered states mm-hmm. of disaster because it really, I think, deepens the human experience and the deepens the human connection to each other. So there's some really powerful themes and topics that you can address by doing this, but do it well. Right. <laughs> don't do not do it like a rubbernecker, you know, so. But put a character in there who's like that because there are always people who are like that. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm saying, stormy weather. Go read it. It's good. Yeah, I put that, so I put that in our show notes of episode 85 of Thinking Out Loud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Wow. 
Yeah, and I also put um, Margaret Atwood has a tri- uh, it's called the Mad Adam trilogy, and I put two of those books in there too. Cool. So one of them is called The Year of the Flood. Pretty appropriate, I thought, for uh-huh. this week. And the other one is Orcs and Crake, and that's uh, teetering on the edge of a dystopian novel. However, you do get some hints that this hasn't been the way things have been for long, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And also, it's a way for me to plug Margaret Atwood again, and goodness knows I would take every chance I can to do that. <laughs> yes, you would. Until Elizabeth reads Handmaid's Tale. One of these days. Or Orcs and Crake. It's great. You would love it. One of these days, I will get there. I don't believe it. <laughs> I just don't. I don't. Well, you could send it to me in the book exchange. No, I'm sorry. I can't give that book up. sounds like you're gonna have to buy a new book to put in the book exchange i know so the book exchange has made its way down to charleston south carolina and i wonder if it's gotten wet and soggy down there we'll have to check right um but then i think it's coming back to the midlands of south carolina and then who knows where it'll go so listeners you still have a chance to sign up for the book exchange the thinking out loud book exchange get a box of books in the mail i mean who wouldn't want to seriously it's and really and there's always something interesting out there to read. Yeah, even if it's a genre you don't like. <laughs> and your you never know, you. though. Like, I mean, that was the, my favorite thing about my book club here in Davis was that it made me stretch my comfort zone and read things that I wouldn't normally. So, see, it is funny though that you said um, you were. Not surprised at all by the books I sent you. <laughs> I wasn't, although, and I got to tell you, um, so like I'm really excited to read the signature of all things as well. Um, oh, yeah. Because, you know, like now I'm on an Elizabeth Gilbert kick. I need to read that too. I think that's going to be next. Um, but so in Big Magic, she talks about Ann Patchett and how they're friends. Yes. And a transfer of ideas that mystically happened between them. And so, like, Elizabeth Gilbert had been writing a particular novel, and she had had to, like, um, put it aside because she had some stuff in her life come up. And so she went on about her business and did her other things, ended up writing a different memoir after that um, instead of this novel that she'd been working on. And then she met Ann Patchett, and then a little while later, she found out that Ann Patchett was writing basically her novel. Oh. But, like, with a couple of details different. Like, the, the idea had just skipped from one person to another. Um, and it's the other book that you sent me. Which one? So, the, I forget. What's the name of the Anne Patchett book that you sent me? The Storyteller? Like no, that's Jodi Picoult. Um, oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. You know what I'm talking about. It's got flowers. State of Wonder. Yes. There you go. Yeah, they're really, it's funny, they're similar. But it's it's just funny that, like, I'm like, oh, so I'm reading Elizabeth Gilbert, and she talks about, you know, her, um, the signature of all things, but then she also talks about Ann Patchett and State of Wonder, and I'm like, hey, I have both of those books to read You know why? Because you have a good curator over here <laughs> I in guess South so. Carolina. <laughs> 
Yeah, but it is funny to see the similarities, and I think I picked up the signature of all things because I liked Ann Patchett's State of Wonder so much. And so, well, I don't I write- think um, I don't think Signature of All Things was the book that she was writing when when she was referring to that. It's a different book. Really? Complete. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting too because I think those two have, <clears throat> excuse me, have some similarities as well. But but she was. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert, she, Elizabeth Gilbert, not Anne Hatchett, <laughs> yes. was talking about the research process that she went through because there's so many botanical references in the signature of all things. Right. And for her to be able to write that book, she had to do some serious research. Yep. Now, for me, it wasn't impeding my process because I don't really have that much botanical knowledge that I could be like, oh, well, that's inaccurate. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but for some people, yes, that would be interesting. Yes. And could be a deterrent. And could turn them off to Elizabeth Gilbert altogether, and then they would miss Bib Magic because they didn't like the signature of all things. Right. These are the risks that you run, people, when you don't do your research. <laughs> okay, this is driving me nuts. I cannot remember the name of that book, that young adult book about the family that gets stuck in the snowstorm. Oh. <sighs> But I did remember State of Wonder, so that's good. <laughs> that's always good. So this week, I mean, we've given you a great big list of... Oh, wait, this might be it. I just did a Google search, and I'm like, my side of the mountain, trapped, snowbound. I think it might be snow, uh, trapped. Trapped? No, it's not. <laughs> Ugh, doesn't that bother you? (laughs) This bothers me with books. It's really funny, though, because sometimes I'll tell Sam, I'm like, yeah, it's like that movie. He's like, that's not a movie. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) it's a book I read? There's a a movie going in my head. Yeah, there is. Yes, no, this is not. It's not trapped. Snowbound? Who would have given, now I'm going, who would have given me this book? (laughs) Are you sure it's not one that you're supposed to write? Oh, no. No, because the characters had names already. Most of the time when it's a story that I have to write, they don't have names yet. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. But yeah, so that's, uh. Sorry, our, so, I see, you know, we're talking about these survival stories. No, it's not, you know, we haven't really been in survival mode necessarily here. But it is funny how when you're going about your day, it's like, oh, and remember to take the bucket from the porch and put it here and put that water here and put the bucket back out so you can collect more water. You know, that becomes a part of your day <laughs> mm-hmm. as you're thinking about these things. And remember to charge your cell phone now because you don't know if the power is going to blink or go off for another period of time. And Right. And it kind of takes up your, your brain power. Obviously, because I can't remember that book. <laughs> um, did, you, did you say you guys filled up your bathtub so you'd have water? No, we did not. We made that critical mistake. Mm. However, we had buckets collecting uh, the runoff from our um, reef. Well, that's good. 
So I'll yeah. also link to this. I just found um, a young adult survival adventure books. Mm-hmm. Why not? But if you're, I think if you're in this, you, you know, Lord of the Flies is one that's classic. But right, it's kind of a fun, fun genre to experience and experiment with. It surely is. All right. So, have you done any um, work with this, like manuscript work? Not you yourself, but as an editor, I mean. With um, survival stories? <clears throat> yeah. Um, yes, but most of the work that I've done with it, like, we're still dealing with a lot more basic issues. Yeah. So, like, character development and plot development things, we don't even get to the detail part. Okay. So. So you couldn't offer our writers out there who are experiencing experimenting in this genre any advice? Nothing besides, like, try it. You know, like, if you can, think of all of the things that would, your life would be affected by were there a disaster. Try, try to live that way. Like, without turning on the lights, without checking your phone, um, having to boil your water, maybe not even having running water. You know, like, what, what things can you... How can you, like, draw yourself down into this place? Yeah, so really immerse yourself in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's I think, your advice at the, at the top of the show when we were talking was the best. Make sure you have the details right. Yes. And that details, you know, where, as we've said before, where what ground are your characters standing on? You know, and if it's mm-hmm. shaky ground or altered ground, then that you need to describe that to your readers, too. Definitely. Well, and you, um, I mean, it just, it, it's something that you shouldn't hurry through. So, you know, hurry through and write your manuscript, get the story together, like figure out where you're going. But then when you go back and do your revision, really take your time and, and consider it. Like each scenario that you put people in, um, each world that they're on, the things that they have to go through to get what they need. Like think about you know, would that be normal for what you experience today? Or is there something that is missing that you need to process um, to be able to make sure that it sounds consistent as well as authentic? Mm, yeah. yeah. And if they, so if somebody is in that revision process and they're trying to hammer out or iron out <laughs> some of those details, then do you know someone they could contact? They could definitely contact me. I would love it. Um, you can find me on the web at www.writingrefinery.com um, or at writingrefineryblog.wordpress.com. I'm also there with lots of tips. Um, and then you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Goodreads and Pinterest at Writing Refinery um, for more inspirational type things. Um, and just to talk about books and writing and fantasy and science fiction and real life and all of that kind of stuff. And nano, which is coming, by the way. Yes. I digress. We can do another episode on that later. Yes. Uh, Well, I think we should do it next week. Unfortunately, Sam wasn't able to join us this week to continue our conversation about marketing. He's feeling a little under the weather. Um, Mm. But next week, hopefully we can jump into that conversation and also convince him to do nano. Yes. 
surprise attack, I think, would be go well. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So if you've already hammered out and ironed out those details with a wonderful freelance editor, i.e. Elizabeth, then you can send me your manuscript. I'd love, I love reading uh, alternate universes and altered universes, both. Or if you have the name of this book that I'm talking about, this family has dogs and cats and the, it has two children and one single mom and they're trapped in snow of some sort. Then please contact me at harrelsonpress.com, at harrelsonpress on Twitter, harrelsonpress on Facebook. Until next time, keep thinking. That's your part. You're, you're oh. next. Uh, keep researching. Oh, keep researching. I like that. And keep struggling to find the story. Bye. Bye. Bye.